come to LOH live stream, we welcome you today, wherever you're watching from. Merry Christmas from the LOH family to you. We're glad you chose to join us this morning. And uh, those who will be watching this on YouTube later and when your Facebook friend sends you this and you go, should I watch it? We hope you do. So anyway, we are, uh, we are, um, we are in a series called Why Christmas? And as I said last week, this series is not about uh, explaining why Jesus came into the world, which that would be a great series, and we cover that, and we'll cover that all year long. This is a series about why we celebrate the birth of Jesus on December 25th. And, oh, by the way, come on out to our Christmas Eve candlelight service. It's spectacular. It's cozy. It's sacred. It's festive. It's everything. It's all that and more. You have to have a ticket for every person coming. So one ticket doesn't cover the whole Brady Bunch. Mike, Carol, Bobby, Cindy, Jan. No, it's one ticket per person, 4 o'clock and 6 o'clock. We want you all to be here with us for one of those two. All right? Why Christmas? This is a message to explain that. What happened? Why do we celebrate Christmas at this time of the year? There's a great article written by Andrew McGowan. It's called How December 25th Became Christmas. I, I read it in Biblical Archaeology. And just a little portion of it, he says this, We don't have evidence of Christians adopting pagan festivals in the 4th century, at which point dates for Christmas were established. Thus, it seems unlikely that the date was simply selected to correspond with pagan solar festivals. So keep your Christmas tree up. It's okay. <laughs> Inside you. Lots of views on this. Lots of views on this. What we do know is that the same Roman Empire that had Jesus crucified persecuted his followers for three up to four centuries changed and celebrated the birth of Jesus in December, December 25th, starting in the 4th century. Why did that happen? All kind of views. I want to simplify it as I did last week. Why Christmas? Two words. Christians happened. Christians happened. Last week, this week, and next week, we're going to unpack these two words. Why Christmas? A simple two-word answer. Christians happened. Last week we said it was because of the way they worshipped. Their worship was scandalous. It wasn't like everybody else's worship. Their worship was sacrificial. It cost them everything to worship Jesus. And their worship was supernatural. It was powered by the Holy Spirit. Next week we're going to look at their wealth. But today we're going to look at their witness. Would you stand with me one more time as we read the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke? Luke was a doctor who came to Christ through the ministry of the Apostle Paul. And he wrote this. Ready? You can read it out loud with me if you want. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. 
just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated, want to wait? There he Too much figgy pudding up there. <laughs> With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we thank you for sending your Son to be the Savior of the world. We're going to look today at the faith and the faithfulness of the followers of Jesus from century one to four. They turned their world right side up by the power of faith, hope, and love that comes through Jesus Christ. Show us the way they did that. And do in us what you did in them so we might do the same. Would you say this with me? Do in us what you did in them so we might do the same in Jesus' name. You may be seated. I was going to say, tell your neighbor, keep the change, you filthy animal, but I, I'm not going <laughs> to. So you think, what? Home Alone 1. Home Alone 1. Christians happened. That's what Luke is writing. Luke is writing probably during Paul's final imprisonment. And uh, Luke is stirred by the Holy Spirit to tell the story. As others have told it, as we read, others have been telling the story and writing it down. And Luke said, I'm going to do that. But Luke didn't write this until about 60 some A.D. Nobody was writing, the Gospels weren't written uh, uh, any before that, most likely. Why? Because for the first 30 years after Jesus was raised from the dead and the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the believers, what people did was they were out telling the story. They were out preaching the story. They told the story of Jesus. They told the story what Jesus had done in the world and what Jesus had done in their world and what Jesus was doing. Christians were happening all over the Roman Empire and Luke is now telling this story. He's a traveling companion of Paul, and he goes back to Israel, back to Jerusalem, back to wherever Mary and, and the first followers were, and the leper lived, and others, and he asked them to give their first-hand eyewitness account of what took place in their life. Christians happened. What were the believers like and what kind of witness did they bring? Because it was not only their worship, it was their witness that changed an empire. Well, there's a group of people who describe the type of church that changed the empire. These Christians lived in Thessalonica. And the Apostle Paul shows us in his letter to the believers there 
A type of witness that eventually changed everything. This is what was happening. This was the Christian happening. This was the way they lived. This is a picture of their witness. Paul commends them for it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. I want to share some passages with you to describe the witness that changed the world. Why we have Christmas? Here's the picture. Paul says, we remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. You notice something there Paul uses his three favorite words to describe Jesus' life being seen in a life. Faith, hope, and love. That's right. The work the believers did for Jesus was because they really believed. Their work came from faith. The labor of that work, which means staying with it when it's hard. Staying in ministry and in servanthood connected together when people aren't responding, when people aren't giving back, when people aren't going along, when the baby is taking longer to get through the birth canal, 11 hours after the water breaks. <laughs> labor, labor. Because of love. They labored in their work. They paid the price. And it came from love. The never quitness of the Christians came from something called hope. A hope that was birthed because of the resurrection of Jesus. And why they stayed faithful regardless of the crucible and the tribulation that they did face was that they had a hope that Jesus was not only with them, but Jesus was coming back for them. Church, a long-forgotten sermon in today's now church world is that this is not the end. And we should live now with the end in mind. Jesus is coming back again, whether we're ready or we're not. And they lived in the light of a hope that he was coming back. And people saw that. What a witness. Christians happened, so Christmas came. Because of the kind of witness these believers shared. Let's go deeper. Their witness was birthed by a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. That means this. People had a happening with God that created a happening that kept on happening. When the Holy Spirit is allowed to continue to minister in our church, in our lives, God keeps on creating a happening that makes things happen not only in us but through us. People had a happening with God that created a happening. Look right here in verse 4. For we know, brothers and sisters loved by God, that he has chosen you. In other words, we know you're real Christians. Why? 
Because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power. The Greek word is dunamis. It's where we get the word dynamic, where we get the word dynamite from. Hey, if you're ever near a stick of dynamite and you see that the, that the, that the, the spark is almost to the, to the stick, baby, you better go. Our gospel came to you like that. Also, with the Holy Spirit and deep, what? Conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. Look at this. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. Wow. This turned people's heads. This is why people went, what? Who are these people? What's happening in their lives? Disciples are born again and then they're made. These people were disciples. You know what I found out? Here's what I believe. The Holy Spirit is not only the greatest missionary, but he's also the greatest disciple maker. When someone is alive in Christ, they not only want to know, they want to grow. People can be religious and sit in a church, even a church like that, this one, even a church like this. I've had people leave this church over the years and said because they didn't get fed. And I want to say in the spirit of Jesus' love, you're crazy. Good luck. I don't ever do anything right. God puts breath in my lungs. I will give you steak on Sunday morning. And it'll always be too long for the, wimp, for the wimpy Christians. But I give meat for men, and I take it seriously. We need disciples in the world. It's spitting the wind of the devil when he leashes it out at you. He says, is that all you got? I've pledged my head to heaven for the gospel, and I'm not turning back. That's not in my notes. Where am I? Oh, yeah. People can be religious. That's right. People can be religious and sit in a church their whole life and never become a disciple of Jesus Christ. But when the Holy Spirit works on people, convicting them of the truths of God, the reality of Jesus, and a need, a desperate need for something that the world can't give, that's the beginning, that's not the end. That's the beginning, and decisions for Christ are not our final goal. Change lives who change lives. That's what God wants, and that's why the Holy Spirit will not give up on you, and that's why the Holy Spirit keeps pressing you about things that you're still 
struggling with about whether you'll surrender them to God or not. Because he's not satisfied with you making it to heaven. He's satisfied, he'll be satisfied when you take somebody with you. When you take somebody with you, when your life changes lives, he'll be satisfied. He's not interested in what you know. He's interested that you grow because he wants to change empires. He wants to change empires and he needs a witness. I got to hurry. God working in someone and that person working out a life by faith, that's a disciple. Verse 7, and so you be, shut up devil, and so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. He just said the whole Roman Empire. Do you hear what I'm saying? The whole Roman Empire is hearing about your faith. They didn't have Instagram. How'd they do it? How did the whole Roman Empire hear about them? They couldn't text it. They didn't have pictures. Guys, girls, could the LOH have a greater compliment from God than the same words being said of us? Picture God saying, Man, these people work by faith. They labor because love endures and they keep at it and they don't quit because they live in an inspiration of hope that I'm coming back for them. They don't receive preaching just as words from a guy they allow the dynamite of the word to impact them. They, they are open to the Holy Spirit to speak to them every time they sit under the word. And they're asking me to deeply convict them and change them. They want to become imitators of the Lord. LOH Church, they are even welcoming my message even when it creates trouble before it creates good stuff. They, they live in the joy of the Holy Spirit, even in hard times. And the model of their life is a model to believers, uh, not only in Cumberland and Western Maryland. Their faith in God's becoming known all over the world. Imagine! They've turned to me from idle living, and they're serving me, and they're waiting for my son, LOA Church. They're waiting for my son because they really believe I raised him from the dead, and he's coming back to rescue them from the wrath to come. Christmas happened because of the way they worshiped and because of their witness. What did their witness look like? Well, Number one, they expressed a joy never seen before. When you saw these people, and again, in the midst, ready? In the midst of severe suffering, there was a joy of the Holy Spirit. See, Luke saw that when he traveled with the Apostle Paul all over. And so he went back to the source to write this story in the late 60s, and take people back to the beginning, to the birth of joy in the world. 
the, what the people saw in the Christians was that they experienced a joy that nobody had ever seen before. It was born that night in Bethlehem, and it was noted in the Gospel of Luke throughout, in the lives of people throughout the Gospel. It was announced to Mary in a room of her house where the angel said, I bring you a good news. And then the angels appear to the shepherds and say, a great joy that will be for all the people. A baby born tonight will birth a joy in the world, in you, that people have never seen before. Shepherds became the first evidence of this joy. They said, let's go see what this is about. They saw the baby and read it. When they left, they were praising him with exceeding joy. There's a baby in a mama's womb. I don't know if, she, if it was ready to be born or not. But you know what? Before that baby came out of that mama, the mother of God appeared in, 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 her, in her house, and she was announced. And that baby in the womb was filled with the Holy Spirit and leapt with joy. <laughs> what did their witness look like? They expressed a joy never seen before, and times were mostly hard. What else? They expressed a faith unlike any kind before. What kind of faith? They believed God was in the world now. Jesus was alive with them. In century one, in century two, in century three, not them all, in century three, in century four, 400 years after a story of a man coming forth out of a tomb, which was unbelievable, these people still lived in a joy and had a faith to confess they believe that and live like they did and live like they did that God was in the world with them and Jesus was alive now. He wasn't out there. He was right here in us, with us. And they invited people to come in and experience the reality of the resurrection, the supernatural. It was as if Jesus rose from the dead that morning. 400 years later, they had a faith unlike any kind before. The faith that came from a deep love birthed in their hearts. This faith proclaimed that Jesus was with them, that Jesus healed the sick, that Jesus drove out devils, that Jesus set people free from bondage. And they saw, not only preached it, but that happened. They saw it. People who were lost became found. People who were in darkness walked into the light. Bodies got healed. Demons were bound and people were set free from things that nothing could free in the world could do to, to help them. Centuries later, and they had a faith to believe it, and not only that, they believed that Jesus was coming back for them. Made people look a second time. They couldn't be written off. What did their witness look like? They expressed a superpower, a spiritual power revealed in song, sayings, and servanthood. 
They served with a power of the Holy Spirit that brought about results. They sang because the Spirit was alive in them. They spoke spiritually powerful things. Luke's gospel, they're singing all through it. (laughs) People would have moments filled with the Spirit and proclaim a powerful word. You see it with Mary. You see it with Zechariah. You see it on and on and on and on and on. Paul tells the community of faith in the first century to encourage each other in spiritual song. The Holy Spirit, 700 years before Jesus is born, says that there would be one who would be born that would cause God's people to start singing again. And they would sing in the light and still sing in the dark. Jimmy, I said they still sing in the dark. They still sing when times are hard. Because the song didn't come from them, it came from the Spirit of God. And they said things. Said things that the Spirit inspired them to say. Said things that made people know they walked with the author of the Scriptures. And it was a powerful thing they would say. Not just preachers, everybody was a preacher. I said everybody was a preacher. The ones that walked with Jesus. Why do we know the sayings of Jesus? Because people were sharing the sayings of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, a record of the sayings and the activities of Jesus and the stories. And Paul encouraged the church to express itself to each other with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. It's as if we were to teach God's word to one another. We were to lift up one another, counsel one another, comfort one another, guide one another, as much by singing as by speaking. And that's what the Christians did. They sang. I found this in a great book that I, uh, that I, uh, 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 that I really want to dive into in 2020. It's, called, it's a book by a guy named Randy Peterson. It's called Be Still My Soul, Inspiring Stories Behind the 175 of the Most Loved Hymns of the Church. Here's a little part. I love this. In each era, creative ones have offered their gifts to the Lord, shared by the congregation and passed on. Everybody say passed on. Say it again, passed on. So as we worship, this is beautiful, listen. We are entering an ongoing song composed long before our time and continuing into eternity. This is my story. This is my song. They didn't write that last year. Praising my Savior. All the day long, this is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. 
All hail the power of Jesus' name. They didn't write that last month. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal dia. They've been singing that for hundreds of years. And crown him Lord of all. Bring forth. And crown. In each era, shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to the King. Mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the sound of your name I see at the work of your hands forever I love you forever I'll stand nothing compares to the promise I have in you Darlene Check wrote that song let me tell you the backstory. She's driving from the hospital after having a miscarriage. And in her car, with her heart broken, the words of that song come up in her spirit. Did you know that? Do you know that m many of the hymns that we sing came from the hearts of people that were going through the hell of hell? And in some through the waters, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through deep sorrow, but God gives a song in the night seasons and all the day long. In each era. You feel the Holy Spirit in this room? I do. Creative, I'm so, the same Holy Spirit that, that came at Pentecost is in this room right now. This same Jesus. We are entering an ongoing song composed long before our time and continuing into eternity. So we celebrate Christmas because of these people. Slide 10. The celebration of Christmas was birthed by the witness of those who experienced the birth of Christ within them. Jesus said, you must be born again. You must be born from above. You were born one time, flesh to flesh. You must be born of the Spirit to enter the kingdom of God. When one is born of the Spirit... They have the witness of the Spirit. When one is baptized in the Spirit, you have the power of the Spirit. John 3.16 says that you have eternal life by believing. Luke 3.16 says he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. 
We quote John 3.16 as we could, but many people don't know John, Luke 3.16. Let him baptize you in the mighty power of the flames of the Holy Spirit. The celebration of Christmas was birthed by the witness of those who expressed the love of God among them. There is no love like the love of God. There is no love in the world like the love of God. And these people, their greatest witness to the greatest skeptics in the world, they saw a love that Jesus said, if you displayed it, they will believe. And they believed. Not everybody believed. Everybody, no, no, no time in, in the world will everybody believe. But there will be people who believe, and many of them are unbelievers now. Many unbelievers want to believe, and they're waiting on believers to believe. Next, the celebration of Christmas was birthed by the witness of those who extended the word of Christ beyond them. They took the story of their life and shared it beyond their life. And it went on and on and on. I love how he said it. The message about you, you are, the gospel is ringing out from you into Macedonia, into Achaia, and all through the empire. The message of the gospel is going out from you. Hmm. And we must continue to pass the word of God on. These kids singing these songs, these, ba <laughs> these babies singing these songs. We're sneaking up on them. We're getting them in the sanctuary, up on the stage, and they're looking out, trying to do like I do, see you through the lights. And they're looking at people worshiping God, and hey, the Holy Spirit's talking to some of them. I knew Zeke was going to pray. I knew it. I knew it, because God told me. I knew he wasn't going to look at me and go. I knew it. You know why I knew it? Because of, I know his heart. And you know why I knew it? Because from infancy, he's being taught the Holy Scriptures that will make him wise unto salvation by his parents, his grandparents. And his daddy has an uncompromising conviction that your kids in Shine Kids will be taught the Holy Scriptures. Because in 2035, by the grace of God, and not by might or by power, but by the Spirit, the foundation that we're laying, God's going to put the capstone on it, and the people of that generation, including my little grandson that I was holding and telling him things in his ears, about his life in Jesus, will stand and shout grace to it as God puts the capstone on the work of God. Imagine what God will do in us, L-O-H, and through us. If we allow the greatest missionary, the Holy Spirit, the greatest ministry strategist, he knows when the guy that can turn Ethiopia around is going to be riding in a chariot down through the Gaza Strip. He knows how to find 
the big fish. Imagine somebody that would give him time. Imagine the LOH church. Imagine you allowing the most successful disciple maker, the Holy Spirit, to do a brand new powerful work in your life. Imagine if we would receive the word, not as the word of men, but as the word of God. What will God do? What is going to happen in your life in 2020? Because you allow the word of God all the way in and the Holy Spirit to have complete control in you. What's going to happen in our kids in their generation, I believe, eye has not seen, ear has not heard. It hasn't even entered into our mind the things that God wants to do in the lives of those who love him. Do you love him, LOH Church? Do you love him? You know, Psalm 91 says, because they set their love on me, I will deliver them and show them my salvation. Come on, somebody. Anybody go to church today? Would you stand? Here's what we've said so far. Their worship had the, listen, man, it's packed in here today. Their worship, the presence of the living God was not found in a temple nor at a foot of a statue but it was around the table when they broke bread together and met under the streets in the sewers of Rome and out in the midst of nowhere land because they couldn't come into the synagogues. But the presence of the living God, their witness matched their worship. They had faithful family love permeating among them, mercy working out of them, bold statements about Jesus even hundreds of years after. Everybody wanted somebody to be in their body where Jesus was. The followers of Jesus throughout history have had to be faithful to the word of God, not only in times in light, but in times of great darkness. Do you remember Excalibur, the series? Do you remember about Wycliffe, the morning star? Do you remember about why we are able to read the Bible in English? It caused a man to be burned alive for us to get the message about Jesus in a language we could read and understand. They passed this over to us. They made the greatest sacrifice. There was something more important to them than living. It was that others could hear about Jesus. In times when it's easy, but in times when it costs everything, including your life, the greatest times of conversion in the history of the church have always come when the followers of Jesus remain faithful to worship and witness and give their wealth in times of the greatest suffering and hardship anyone could face. You and me, are we in that? Let's go. Imagine this city.
saying about us? Imagine some of these little kids who are standing where you're standing 10 years from now with people from their world standing next to them whose mother and father don't even know God, who have been burned by churches, who wonder, who've been through such tragedy that their heart can't ever beat again. But these, from another generation, because we invest and we live and model a kind of faith that turns their head from an audience to an army that says, God, use my life. Holy Spirit of God, convict me, disciple me, change me, guide me. Imagine. Imagine. A gathering of people in homes throughout the Tri-County area and gathering in big circles and small circles here, not only on Sunday and Sunday night, but throughout. And people's lives are changing. God working in us, God will work through us. Imagine if we lift up Jesus because we're so filled with the Holy Spirit that we have to say things and tell stories. Imagine if we love people like Jesus loves every one of us. Imagine if we forgive people with the passion that we need the forgiveness of Jesus we ask Him. Imagine if we are merciful and kind and caring. Imagine if we say good words out of our mouth to lift people up. I'll tell you what I imagine. I imagine a reality of a happening that keeps happening You're watching this, you're here. Here's how it all started for everybody. Jesus gave his life, his sinless life on the cross. And those of us who believe that were at a point where we had to come to believe that. And when we did, he forgave us of our sins. He set us free and he's leading us out of darkness into everlasting light. He is lovingly holding us close to his bosom and he's leading us as a shepherd does his lambs guiding our feet into the pathway of peace. And we've come to realize we're not separated from God or his love ever again. And the only one faithful in this two-way two walk is God, and he is making us what we could never be apart from his grace. And you can join that today by saying, Jesus, I believe in you. I have more questions than I have answers, but this one thing I know, you're talking to me, and I just ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to give me a life because I don't have one. I ask me to give me eternal, ask you to give me eternal life. I ask you to wash me, break the chains of darkness off my life once and for all. And put your Holy Spirit in me so I can follow you. For anyone who prayed that prayer, I pray the power of the Holy Spirit would come on you with much assurance. And I pray that our church would take a few minutes as Hannah and the team leads us in this song and I remember to give her the microphone. That we'd say, Holy Spirit of God. do miracles. I pray one more time for Dane and I pray for Mark and I pray for people here that need you desperately. 
I pray for the hurting and the sick and the broken. We need more than the experiences promised by denominations. We need the experiences promised from Simon Peter and John and Paul and Jesus. Emmanuel us today, Lord. Heal the brokenhearted. Open the eyes of the blind. Set the captive free. Good news to those who are poor in spirit. Wrap your garment around every Ruth that needs a kinsman redeemer. Wrap your garment. Crown us with your loving kindness and your tender mercy. We deserve none of it, but you offer it to all of us, to the least and the greatest. Let us have a Christmas happening today from the front to the back. Jesus' name.